infinity and, and beyond. beyond. Oh, yours was funnier. I said beyond, which isn't really even a joke. This is the Macabre Podcast Universe. We are here today and every Friday to prove to people when they say sequels are never better than the originals. To prove them wrong. Yeah. And my name is Micah McCaw. I'm Jordan McCaw. I was born in the year of 1993. I was born in the year of 1994. And I grew up and I watched uh, this movie called Toy Story. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I saw it, I just... A story just of toys. Toys. Kind of kind of um, a meta take, but but still very heartfelt. And when I grew up, I just always thought... But what was the movie that Andy watched that made him like Buzz? Micah, I can't even tell you how many night the sleepless nights yeah. I had as a kid thinking about it. Especially because Toy Story 1 absolutely references the fact that it's a movie that he watched. And I just couldn't I couldn't get over what was the movie? What yeah. happened to Buzz? Yeah, and then and then also I couldn't you know, I just stayed awake and awake and awake thinking to myself, in Toy Story 2, when Zerg says he's his father, and then also there's the video game that shows Zerg and stuff like that. Okay, that must be based on that movie that was referenced in one that's totally referenced. And I just have always dreamed of the day when all of that is realized and totally is cohesive and absolutely makes sense. Mm-hmm. And here we are. We got it, Micah. <laughs> it in happened. our lifetime we got that movie <laughs> so if you didn't know we covered toy story years ago and uh we love all four of those movies i think they're all perfect mm-hmm. and then they announced this movie and so we had to cover it and of course if you're listening in real time the movie came out three weekends ago but we got covid yeah uh our second round of a go with it during all of this pandemic. Um, we're fine. We're recovered now. Nothing scary for us, but it just sucked. And a lot of Couldn't see aches. the movie right when it came out. Yeah, and then we couldn't see it the next weekend. And who's to say that we had an evening where we could have seen it, but we saw Black Phone instead? Well, yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we couldn't have made the release time of that Friday. Yeah. You know, and we, we wanted to see Black Phone instead. We, we were finally able to go to the theaters again, and it was a Thursday night, and we had an episode coming out on Friday. We couldn't go see Lightyear, come home, record an episode, get it out, and edit And we it. simply just would have rather seen Black Phone. And by the way, folks, Black Phone is so good. It's really good. It actually is like my third or fourth favorite movie of the year. Really? Yeah. Wow. I put it under... Yeah, I put it under... Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once, and yeah. RRR. It's number three for me of the wow. entire year. I is RRR number one. RRR is number one. It has to be. I, I can't deny it. Yeah. I can't deny it. Um, it's just too good. Um, but yeah, I the black phone because I had really high expectations going into it. Yeah, I like Scott Derrickson a lot. I like Joe Hill, the writer of you the like short Ethan story. Hawk? I love Ethan Hawke, but. I kind of figured that it'd be one of those movies where I was like, yeah, Black Phone's really, like, this one's a really good horror movie. It's really good. But I have to admit, folks, I don't want to talk it up too much, but when I left the theater, I was like, I don't have a single qualm with that movie. I was totally enveloped in the story. It was scary. It was dreadful. Continues to prove that we are uh, 
completely inundated with good child actors, especially oh because gosh, the these kid kids were that? like 13, which is an awkward age. Yeah. And there was there were a couple like okay things with some of the kid actors, but nothing that was like unwatchable or annoying really. It was no. like I don't know, their bodies are changing literally every second. Things I, are weird. I and this may be a reputation staker, but for me it was a perfect movie. And it's it's I, I it's would not a perfect movie to me, but yeah. it's a darn good movie. I loved it. I would I would like to see it again. And who knows if, you know, because yeah. sometimes you just get caught up in the moment. Yeah. But for me, I was like, oh, this is like top five favorite horror movies for me, like yeah. right off the bat. And a uh, funny story about it is I listened to the short story right leading up to the movie because I wanted to. And um, I was convinced that I did not get the full story. Or when the story ended, I said to Micah, that was really short. They have a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. And then watch the movie. Of course, there's a lot of different things. Right. And that's great. Uh -huh. um, they, they, that's, yeah, won't get into that too much. But it was just like, yeah, this that did happen in the short story. That did happen. They really expanded on that, which is cool. But it provided closure that I didn't get from the short story. <laughs> and then we found it. And I'm reading through it again. Uh -huh. And I think I just, uh, uh, my brain shut off for a couple <laughs> pages while listening to it because yeah. it's like oh no i remember all of this yeah but why didn't it feel why didn't it feel like a complete movie or a short story i guess you just missed it yeah but yeah it's a great movie and also for you you people that are that are a little less horror inclined i i do think it's a scary movie but it's it's a different kind of scary mm -hmm. um it's more dreadful mm-hmm uh, which to me is actually a little bit worse, but to some people, maybe not so much. Like I think, I think people who are not as horror inclined could probably handle the movie, unless you have like a childhood trauma or something, because it does it does play up a lot of that stuff. But yeah, there's not like jump scares or anything. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. But so we were sick and all that, and then it was like, what are we gonna do? We got to see this movie. And by now, what's interesting is when we cover new releases, we don't usually know how well the movie is doing. Yeah. But since it's been out for a couple of weeks, we know that Lightyear is a monumental disaster. Yeah. It has made, it has not made its production budget back uh, in the three weeks it's been out. That's real bad. Um, there's several, there's several like... I don't want to call them contra well, one of them's a controversy, but but there's several just like things that I think are really hurting this movie. And the movie was never clear from the beginning what was happening. Cause I remember the first trailer that came out. Yeah. They didn't really tell you what was happening uh in a trailer way. Yeah. But by the end of it, it's like, but wait, how does this work? I don't get what's happening. He's a toy. But is he a real person? Yeah, and so yes, and we have to talk about this because I there was part of me that was like are we just so inundated with connections and pop culture that we can't just like enjoy kind of a random movie? Yeah. But I think I have not seen anyone who is not confused or making fun of the premise of this movie. So I think it is, you know, across the board, they did a bad job yeah. telling us what this was. Yeah. Because when this was announced, they released the trailer and there's this really famous tweet that Chris Evans uh, tweeted he posted the trailer 
And then I think people are like, what is this? You know, they're tweeting. And he responds to himself and he says, and just to be clear, this isn't Buzz Lightyear the toy. This is the origin story of the human Buzz Lightyear that the toy is based on. Huh? (laughs) Which Also, calm down, Mr. Evans. I know. And so I think when I saw that, I was like, so my brain, until a month ago, I thought this movie was... They were saying that in Andy's world, there was a Buzz Lightyear that was a human person like Buzz Aldrin or something like that who went to the moon. Or, uh, well, no, this is just another planet. Went to space, and, and that actually happened in and his reality. If that's true. That's so confusing to me because so they're, they live in a futuristic society. Yeah. Because as we know with Toy Story, it's just the movie takes place in 1993. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just a normal yeah. suburban movie, you know? And so... So that doesn't work. No. So this whole time... I mean, for years since they've announced this, that's what I thought this movie was about. And I was just like, they've, they've got four 10 out of 10 movies. I trust Pixar. And then I watched this little short that was on Disney Plus, like the weekend before that was kind of like the making of Lightyear. I stopped it when it started explaining the entire plot of Lightyear. But before that, it shows director Angus Angus McLean, and he's saying, you know, when I was a kid, and I or not a kid, but when, because he was an adult, but when Toy Story came out, I just kept thinking, what was the movie that Andy watched that made him love Buzz? Which, we joked about it at the beginning, Toy Story never makes a reference to this being a movie. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So I don't even know how he had it stuck in his brain. I mean, honestly, I think he just made that up I because marketing point. Pixar needed another hit. That's yeah. that's what I think it is, f- f- frankly. Yeah. And so he's like, I've just been thinking about that and thinking about that like ever since Toy Story One. It's like, well, you know what? Actually, that is funny because we know for a fact that that Woody is based on a TV show. Yeah. That that was clear. How come there's no Woody movie? How come we had to make a Buzz movie and make it all up? When we have source material on the TV <laughs> yeah. show, and how come instead although of they doing... showed the TV show and its puppets, so maybe that's uh, why yeah they yeah had that's to... true that's true that's a good point but yeah do you know what I mean oh like, I know like, what you're saying yeah. it's it's more as that would still be just as stupid yeah but it it makes more sense well and and there was an old Buzz Lightyear like directed video buzz light your star command movie oh that sounds familiar I think I've seen that and I think it was it, it's not a Pixar movie. Yeah. Um, but I think the premise is like, I think it's just a story that's buzz. And, and I think there's an assumption, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Star Command. Yeah. Um, I think there's just an assumption that it's just like a TV show based on that toy. That's a big hit in Andy's world, you know? Yeah. Cause it, it, to me, it always just felt like buzz was this creation, like, cabbage patch kids or something like that where it's just like this was just a hit yeah. and everybody liked this it wasn't based on something yeah so i the premise was confusing from the get-go and then they're kind of backtracking and i honestly believe i i don't know maybe we could find quotes from before chris evans tweet but i honestly believe that the them saying that this is an andy movie is like a late in the game thing that they added. Yeah. I think they were already filming the movie, mm-hmm. animating it, doing all that when they decided, oh, this would, it doesn't really, how does this connect? Mm-hmm. 
and they're probably seeing people's reaction online like, what? And also, in 1993, when Toy Story comes out, and Andy looks so bad because it's yeah one of the first animated in this way's movies and you're telling 95, me but yeah 95 and you're telling me that this is the movie he sees what how huh? <laughs> yeah. that's insane well i think it would be live action to him oh i actually did think that during the movie i did think that still though wild stuff but yeah so i i'm holding out hope because i don't want there to be a toy story uh, uh mark on them yeah but it doesn't make sense. And then when this movie opens, and, and we're not going to do a spoiler alert on this episode. We're just going to talk about this movie because it's not worth seeing in theaters. <laughs> um, it opens and it just says, like, in 1995, Andy went and saw a movie and it became his favorite movie. Ba- this is that movie. This is that movie. And I was like, how come every trailer for Lightyear did not open with that. Mm-hmm. Because if that happened, I honestly believe they would have had mm, at least $100 million more million in the bank by now. Yeah. Because I honestly think the concept of this movie is so unclear that, that most people are just like, I don't know what this is, and I don't care to figure it out. I just want to see Top Gun again. Yeah. I think that's... It's, Simply put, I think they 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 left at least ten percent of what they would have made by not opening every trailer with "This is that movie that Andy." And it saw. sucks that we get a trailer b- before this movie, Strange World. Oh yeah, that we, and it it sucks. It, I mean, it doesn't suck, but it, it's a bummer because it's a Disney Studios movie. Yeah, and it, it, this movie just the, the it was one of the best trailers I've seen in a long time. It was. And we it were like so, hitting each other in the theater, like so this looks so good. And then it's like, oh, but we gotta watch Lightyear right now. Yeah. That's not good. That's not good. Um, but yeah, so all of that, I think, adds up to this, uh, you know, like people just not wanting to go see this. Then oh. I think there's something on top of that, and that's the Tim Allen of it all. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to clear up is there's kind of, uh, Tim Allen is, is, you know, he's got that show Last Man Standing. I think it's over now. Yeah. But it's a very conservative show. Is that a sitcom? Yes. Okay. And so uh, it's very much like, I think the concept is like, you know, there's no more men around anymore. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So it's this yeah. very like conservative idea and stuff like that. And so a lot of conservatives, and I'm sh- sure just Fox News, are like, wow, Disney, you know, Tim Allen's not woke enough to be cast in this movie, so they cast someone else. Yeah. I just want to clear up that is not the case. Yeah. Uh, the director said... The director and Pixar said they never considered Tim Allen, which Weird. doesn't make any sense to no. me. But they were like, they want it to be different. But wrong. Sometimes toys are voiced by the same person in our world. Yeah. Um, so you're telling me, but you know how like sometimes, because we have a nephew who's obsessed with cars. Yeah. And he has so many character cars that talk and yes it is like Owen Wilson, Larry the Cable Guy, but like there are some things where it's obviously not the actor. Right. And so are you telling me that Tim Allen is the knockoff toy voice over artist? Of of the boring Chris of, Evans voice. Of the voiceover. boring Chris Evans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and silly. what what's interesting though is so Pixar said that, but Tim Allen said that they did talk to him okay. about doing it and he said he had no interest in doing it. 
Good for him. Because and so he said this. He said uh, it's a this is like recently yeah. an interview. He said it's a wonderful story. Um, it just doesn't seem to have any connection to the toy, and it's a little. I don't know. It just has no relation to Jip to Buzz. It's just no connection. I wish there was a better connection. You said no one could have said it better, Tim. And then he said, we talked about this many years ago. It came up in one of the sessions, and I said, what a fun movie that would be. Uh, however, he changed his mind, and the actor explained, this is a whole new team that really had mm-hmm. nothing to do with the first movie. It's Tom Hanks and I. There's really no stor- Toy Stories buzz without Woody. I agree 100%. So... It sounds like they did actually talk to him. and Maybe like years and years and years ago. Yeah, probably when they're first coming up with this idea. Yeah. Um, but I do want to cut out, it's not because he's not woke or something. He has a show that's coming to Disney Plus, the Santa Claus show. Disney doesn't have a problem with Tim Allen. So yeah. don't don't let that narrative keep going. Don't listen to that stupidity because yeah. that's what all it is. It's stupidity. So that's another thing. And, and I think most people are just like, I, I don't get why Tim Allen, whether reasons or not, most people just see that trailer and they're like, that's not Tim Allen. How do you not think of it? How do you not think of it? Because everyone grew up with it. Yeah. And then even in this movie, uh, like you said, this we're not doing the spoiler thing. So in this movie, you know, we all know that Zerg is Buzz's <laughs> dad from Toy Story 2. Yeah. Um, and then so Buzz... You know, he thinks it's his father coming out of Zerg, but it's himself from the future, which makes no sense. Uh, yeah, we'll get by, into it. Voiced by later. James Brolin. And it's like, that's when you don't use Tim Allen? Yeah. Like, if you're not going to use him and do Chris Evans, because I don't know, he's younger or something. Okay, dumb choice, but I kind of see it a little bit. This is like, you have an older person, though, and you're not going to use Tim Allen? I, I, it's That's weird. It's so weird. Um. And then oh, here's what's also funny. When I was started this, you know, I I wrote in Lightyear so I could get my get my list of things and start taking notes. And you know how there will be questions about a movie, like like you know when Doctor Strange comes out, I write Doctor Strange, and a question might say like, Oh yeah, yeah you know, yeah. is Patrick Stewart really in Doctor Strange or something like that? You know, there's all yeah. these questions, and these are the questions that popped up on Google. Number one, why is Tim Allen not voicing Buzz Lightyear? Number two, is Lightyear related to Toy Story? Number three, what is Lightyear about? Number four, is Lightyear going to be on Disney Plus? <laughs> so, <not> good. <laughs> all of those things, confusion, confusion, confusion. Mm-hmm. And then, on top of all of that, there's a same-sex kiss in this movie. Mm-hmm. And Disney cut it, and then they put it back in, and then now... uh it's like censored in a ton of countries. It's rated NC-16 in Singapore. And s- yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which um, honestly... So censored, though, doesn't mean that they're not not showing the movie. They're just cutting it out. Oh, you're probably right. I'm actually unclear of that. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sure there are people who... I'm sure like the won't. stricter countries are probably like won't even show it. Um, but it's kind of, when you watch the movie, it's like... You're gonna cause a fuss over this? That's yeah. actually actively embarrassing. Yeah, that you would be offended by this. Yeah. So all of this is just like there's there's nothing for Lightyear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, you add that I I think this is potentially the worst Pixar movie. I would put them at least in the bottom four, right around the Cars movies. 
And then this this movie commits the greatest sin that a kids movie can make. And what is that sin, Jordan? Oh, I don't know. It's being boring. Oh, yeah. If you make a blockbuster kids movie boring, that is literally the worst thing you can do. Yeah. I about 20 minutes in, I was like this is going to be a long 2 hours. I know. I know. And the movie genuinely felt like it was a 240. And can we just get to this now? Someone <laughs> again brought their baby to the movie. <laughs> Yeah, they did. And they were sitting right next to us. And the baby was goo-goo and gawing the whole time. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I know it's like middle of the summer on a Sunday. You probably don't have anything to do. Don't bring your six-month-old to a movie. We went at 145. It was beautiful outside. Yeah. It was not very hot that day. No. Be outside with your baby. Or just don't take your just just don't take your babies to movie theaters. You're not fully watching the movie. Yeah, it just feels like a waste of money. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was so mad. I was so mad because there were other kids in the movie and they were hilarious and cute and great. Like I said, yeah, they were great. Yeah. No, you're. I think your point that you made when you said seeing Pixar with kids is always fun is actually proven in this movie. Yeah. It's that someone brought a baby. Yeah. The the baby of it all. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was what, it drove me nuts. What was it at the beginning of the movie? Something happened and a kid in the back was like, whoa! I, I know. Well, I, I, kind of at the beginning of the movie, he was just act, asking a lot of questions loudly. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh. I, and then he stopped. And it's like, okay, whoever was took this kid to the movie was like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought, though, that since it was a Sunday afternoon... And the movie had been out for this was its third weekend, and no we one a has seen it. Theater. Yeah, I thought like no one's gonna be here, but people were there still. Yeah. Um, but so I want to talk about the Chris Evans of it all. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this. We walked. So here, here's another joke about the movie. Two great things happened in our experience yesterday. The first one, we walked to the theater, and it was really nice. Then we saw the movie, and then we walked home, and that was really nice. And those, the walk home and the walk there were the two great things about Lightyear. Okay. But we were talking about, I am a Chris Evans fan. I like Chris Evans. But he has played Captain America. I think he's perfect as Captain America. I love his performance. You have to play it so straight, you know. But it kind of only works if you're Captain America. Mm-hmm. And Chris Evans, great looking guy, great actor, but he is a little, if he, if he doesn't have a little edge to him, he's either Captain America or boring. Mm-hmm. And so in this movie, it is, it's one of the most boring voiceover performances I've heard in a lot of years. I don't even really have anything to say about it, you know? It's just, it's like, I, I could have done this fine. With no notes. Yeah. It's just such a... Especially because Tim Allen is a comedian. He has, like, some grit in his voice. It's a very fun vocal performance. And Tom Hanks as well. And it is just, like... I I really think that studios need to take a step back and stop just finding, like, the A-list actor and casting them in voiceover roles. If they're not going to bring something to the table, they shouldn't be doing it. Because a kid doesn't care if Brad Pitt is voicing a hamster in a movie or something. They don't care about that. Mm-hmm. 
so it's got to be something. And as we were watching, we were getting there, there's another person who I think is going to start being potentially on a list. Potentially. He might start getting on notice for me, maybe. And we were watching a, a trailer for The League of Super Pets. And John, oh, Krasinski, John Krasinski is yeah. Superman in that movie. And I'm just like, why are you hiring someone? Why are you hiring John Krasinski to do voice acting? He's not. He's just like playing a gym without charm as well, it's as Superman. Pretty much exactly the same as Chris Evans. Yeah, it's the it's the same thing where it's like th- these are not their strengths. Yeah, I mean, again, Chris Evans it works perfect as Captain America, but that's like a one thing. That's the only thing it works for you. It's just he's. It was the safe choice. Yeah, but funny enough, it was also the most expensive choice. <laughs> Surely. Yeah. Uh it's it's just weird it's weird because like you know his first major role after endgame was knives out and that was perfect casting because you just got off of seeing him be this honest guy and then he's this deceiving swearing smarmy guy that you don't really really know what's going on great sweaters and that's like that's the power of chris evans yeah or when he's parroting himself like in scott pilgrim versus the world Mm -hmm. so I think that was a detrimental choice for this movie. Mm. Uh, Kiki Palmer is innocent, though. She was great. Mm. <laughs> She's got a great voice. Uh, but yeah, voice actors need jobs, too. Not the people who already make $100 million well, a year. there is a year. fun thing about that. So I don't think we've covered Kiki Palmer, but uh-huh. she is co- she is going to be in Nope, uh, Jordan Peele's new movie coming out pretty soon. Yeah. Um, very excited to see her in that. Um, but she, she's in a ton of stuff. She, from my, like as a kid, she's in the proud family. Oh no, no, that's more recent, but she's in the proud family. The cartoon is from my childhood. Okay. Uh, but she's also been in hustlers. Um, Alice, um, she's done some voice acting on human resources and big mouth. She's in hit job. She's done a ton of stuff as a kid and has kind of always done stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, looks like she's also in the scream show. Oh, okay. Um, she's like our age. I always like thought that she was older. How? What, I think when did, was she born? What year? Nineteen ninety-three. Whoa. Um. But yeah, I I actually need to know this, so I'm gonna look it up. Okay. But like, what did I? What was my thing with her back then? Our Law and Order. But so is everyone. Jump in. I probably have seen that movie, a Disney movie. Is that the jump rope movie? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. She's in some Nickelodeon stuff. She's in Degrassi, although I did not watch that. But yeah, she's an Ice Age too. Ice Age Continental Drift. Anyway, I just needed to go <laughs> yeah, on that yeah, little yeah. journey. Um, but Peter Stone plays Socks. Um, he has done so much voice. He's he's like a Pixar voice actor. Okay, thank but you. But he also is a Pixar storyboard artist. Great. So he's done, he's done, he has for art department like nine credits and he has, he has eight credits in animation departments. Um, and he's, oh, he directed The Good Dinosaur. Okay. Um, it looks like he's, he's directing the new, the upcoming Elemental Pixar movie, okay. which I've seen a picture of and it looks really good. Yeah. Um, so he, he is a Pixar guy. Yeah. What what is his everywhere. name again? Peter Stone. Peter Stone. Or Son. 
I mean, we, here's one thing we're not going to criticize in this movie, and it's socks. Yeah. Socks is where it's at. Yeah. I'm and telling you. we all you. knew that. When you see when you see whatever that character is going to be in the movie, you know it's going to be the best one. Yeah. When when I saw him in the trailers turning his head around going, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, I was like, okay, he's going to be cool. Yeah. Um, And then Dale Souls plays Darby Steele. Uh, she is in the or- Orange is the New Black. Uh, the messenger. Who's Darby Steele? The old person. Oh, the convict. Yeah, the pat. <laughs> the, the messenger. Uh, my love affair with marriage. A lot of a lot of TV stuff. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, and then James Brolin plays Zerg. <laughs> yeah. He is in. Well, he's Josh Brolin's dad. He is in the original Westworld. And he's in uh, Amityville Horror. He is. Um, as well as Traffic. An episode of Community. I don't remember that. He's Jeff's dad. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then well, we- so before you leave him, I just found this funny, uh, and I already told you this, but for the audience, I, I read that it, uh, uh, James Brolin like hadn't seen any Toy Story movies, which is kind of mm-hmm. crazy. But you know, he is older, so and his son is older. Yeah, so it's like he didn't see the movies and they offered him this role and he's just like, I just know that the reputation of Pixar is good, so yes, I'll take the role. Uh, And he takes it and then apparently, so keeping that in mind, uh, Chris Evans, when he met him, was like, sorry, I beat up your son. Talking about Thanos. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just sure that's a cute story, but I'm sure James Brolin was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Like, yeah. Avengers what now? I wonder if he has more than one son, too. And he's like, which one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, you said his name is Than? What? Yeah. What? What is this that you're talking about? Infinity? What? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and then Uzo Aduba plays Alicia Hawthorne. Um, she is also in Orange is the New Black, as well as Mrs. America, My Little Pony, the movie. Oh, wow. The In Treatment. Solos. A lot of stuff. Steven Universe. And then Taika, of course we've talked about Taika Waititi. And we're going to talk about him next week. We're going to talk about him next week. Um, but I don't think we've talked about him as an actor. Okay. Because um, he is a director. He's dire- He directed the Thor, the Ragnarok, and then the upcoming Thor movie. Um, he does we'll a lot of shadows. directing. But he does a lot of acting, too. Yeah. He is. Well, no, we have covered him because he's in the Thor movies. Yeah. The the. Ragnarok. Yeah. So we have talked about him as an actor. We have, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's uh, really nothing bad to a, say a, about a him. A real fun performance by him is his movie Boy. He's in that movie, and he directed that movie, and he's is really good that the one that I that. watched? I'm not sure. Is th- it where he's the dad? I think so. Yeah. And he does the Michael Jackson yeah, thriller that, that video. Yeah, really cute. Yeah, it's a good one. His, I mean, I really like his directing stuff, but... I've seen all of his movies, and Thor is definitely his worst movie. Or, or, or I, I like it better than one other movie. So, I mean, if you like Thor Ragnarok, you should definitely check out his his previous movies, because they're all Number better. one with a bullet, what we do in the shadows. Number one with a bullet. One of the funniest movies ever. Yeah. But Boy really is great. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People is great. And I haven't then seen that one. Shark versus uh, Volcano, or I, I can't remember what it's called. That one, that one, I liked a little less than Ragnarok, but What's it's still about? good. Uh, it's it's uh, j- uh, j- Jermaine Jermaine Clement 
and um oh i've seen i've seen you watch that movie you watched it on a plane i did yeah, yeah okay. on my phone too oh, that's right <laughs> maybe that's actually if i watched it not on my phone i probably would like it a in, lot more in a, pl- in a plane that's yeah. really loud yeah probably yeah so actually thor is probably his his <laughs> worst movie <laughs> which is not a bad movie no i'm just saying yeah if you like that there's more where that came from mm-hmm. and uh, oh and he was in suicide squad Right, yes, so we definitely have covered it. I mean, he's kind of like, everybody loves Taika. Yeah. That's Taika. That's, is that all your cast? Pretty much. Okay. The movie's direct- Oh, the guy that plays the, uh, the, like, commander guy? Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., who was into Five Bloods. Yeah, okay. Cedar Rapids. That guy, that guy was doing something. Oh, yeah. That guy was good. He's good. Um, so Angus McLean is the director and he's the co-director on Finding Dory, which is also a weaker Pixar movie. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, he, you know, he's got a cool name though. (laughs) All of these people that we're talking about, Pixar is very much like you work on a bunch of projects. So it's like, I'm just hitting a couple of them. Uh, the screenplay is by Angus and Jason Headley, who did the screenplay for Onward. And he's actually not a Pixar guy. Um, but now it looks like he's becoming one. And then the story is Angus, Jason, and then also Matthew Aldrich, who uh, wrote one of the writers on Coco. I saw that Peter Doctor. One of the writers on Coco. Okay. I saw that Peter Doctor was Pete an executive. Doctor. Pete Doctor was uh, an executive producer. Yeah. Is that guy, is, wasn't there stuff about him? No, you're thinking of John Lasseter. John Lasseter. Yeah. That's right. Okay. I And by what I can tell, I haven't like actually confirmed this, but it sort of feels like Pete Doctor is, has kind of become the John Lasseter now. Yeah, that's how it feels. Um, I mean, Pete Doctor's been there since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so he's always been there, but yeah. Um, then you just the, said the same thing twice. He's always been there. That's what you get three <laughs> times. Cinematography is by Jeremy Lesky, who did the camera work, uh, Cars 1 through 3, Toy Story 3, Wally, Finding Dory. Ian McGibbon did the lighting, Brave, Wally, Ratatouille, the Jimmy Neutron show. Uh, the music is huh? by Michael Giacchino. It seems like every single movie we cover this year is scored by him. Yeah. Uh, came out June tw- uh, 17th, 2022. And you may not have known this, folks. This movie has a $200 million budget. Now, to put a little frame of reference for you, Top Gun Maverick with the most A-list of A-list actors and flying around, Tom Cruise, yeah, uh, like flying around in jets, creating cameras for the movie was $170 million. So that goes to show you how they should not have spent that much money on this movie not, at all. There's not much issue with production on this movie? I didn't find any issues with production that sucks i do not know i don't know where this budget went i know the animation is expensive but this movie did not look as good as turning red luca soul this is like one of their worst looking movies honestly interesting is the last few well the the last several every time it's like i don't know how they can make it better Yeah, yeah and then they make it better like the animation is just more creative yeah in different ways and this one nothing Nothing about it was interesting. Yeah. There is a technology that we will talk about in just okay. a moment. But uh, I, I agree with you. Um, 
Uh, actually, yeah, this is my last note. It's the first animated feature film in history to have its aspect ratio opened up from the 239.1 to 143.1 for select sequences that are in IMAX. So if that you, means nothing to me. If you went to an IMAX theater, uh, this movie, I, of course, it's technically fake, but they created shots in this movie and sequences that are in the IMAX format, which has never been done in an oh, animated interesting. movie. So, while that is very cool, it's unfortunate that it's kind of wasted on this movie. Yeah. And you may think we're being harsh, folks, but I think we can be extra harsh when they Pic- literally make a cash grab movie. And Pixar, it's a high standard. It's a high standard. And and I, for me, it's always been like, Pixar makes like great movies. Like, yeah. Like the, bo- like the bottom is great. Yeah. You know? And it, this was not great. No. Well, and and I think so. This this would be a good time to remind people, if if you if you haven't, that we're we're close to fifty patrons, and once we get to fifty patrons, we're gonna launch an extra show only on Patreon, called the MPU Goes to Emeryville, because that's where Pixar is located, and in that we're gonna cover the entire history of Pixar. And we've all, of course, we've already covered quite a few, but we haven't covered their solo movies and we mm-hmm. haven't covered cars. So we're saving that and we would do that all on Patreon. So help us get to 50 so that we can do that. There's a lot to talk about beyond just what we've covered on the main feed. Now, speaking of that, let's do a brief also problem with this movie. We haven't even talked about the actual movie, but you have. The pandemic hits when Onward is in theaters. And so they put Onward on Disney Plus. And that that w- that felt like to me like Disney was being like, "You know what? It's a hard thing that's happening. Let's just put this movie out there, give people a little treat." And that felt really cool and nice. And Onward was already not doing well in theaters, but it kind of saved it from having a reputation of a failed Pixar movie. And that movie's okay. I don't know. What do you, what do you think of that since you've... I think it is still a great movie, but it's like lower for me on Pixar. Yeah. Um, that one's another one where it's the voice acting thing where I'm like, why'd you hire these two guys as the voice actors? Bad choice. Uh, and then they put out Soul and they do it direct to Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Still pretty height of pandemic. That also yeah. felt like, let's give you that. And then they put out one. Luca. Oh, yeah. Soul is amazing. They put out Luca straight to Disney+. Plus. Great one. Great one. And they had already put Ryan the Last Dragon in theaters yeah. and not on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Unless you paid extra. Yeah. So that was like, huh, you should have put this in theaters. And then they come out with Turning Red, which when I watched that at home, I was actively angry with Disney that they didn't allow me to see that in theaters. Yeah, great. That movie. is one of my favorites, I would say, of Pixar. Yeah. And I think that that was, um, I think just frankly, that was just rude and bad that they took their first woman-directed movie and a movie that's about a lot of stuff that like every woman and girl has to go through, and they're like, let's just put it on the streamer. It's like, no, that deserved to be seen in theaters. Yeah. So then they have this cash cow. I would say Luca, too. Absolutely, In Luca. terms of a spectacle. Yeah. I would love to have seen that in theaters. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I do agree with you on that. Um, 
And then they take this cash cow of Lightyear, where it's like, oh, well, we're just going to be like whistling to the bank all day like Mickey Mouse on the steamboat. But it fails. And I do think, I, I think there's potential for us seeing the, the ending of this iteration of Pixar, potentially. Yeah. Because I, I don't know how they're going to be making money. Mm-hmm. And I will be I will be surprised if Elementals comes out in theaters. I'll tell you that much right yeah. now. Yeah, I know. Because I also think the CEO of Disney right now, Bob Chapek, is not being very smart. Because he's just prioritizing Disney Plus over everything. Yeah. Meanwhile, Paramount is just running the table on movies this year. And they're doing much better than Disney is doing. It's like, well. Probably Top Gun, huh? It's Top Gun. It's Scream. It's Jackass. Uh, I think there's one more. Oh, uh, uh, Sonic. Oh, that's huge. They have lower budget movies that are destroying the box office. And Disney's always like, well... Here's another $200 million budget movie. If it doesn't do well, we like go way down this quarter. But at least we put out 12 Star Wars Disney Plus shows. Like, okay. We're this isn't sustainable. For it? <laughs> Question mark. So that is all of leading up to Lightyear. Uh-huh. Now let's jump into the movie, right? Mm-hmm. You want to take it away since I spoke so much just well, now? Well, the movie starts with the. In 1993, Andy saw. The Buzz, 1995. Sorry, <laughs> I can't get past that. Um, saw a Buzz Lightyear movie, and it was his favorite movie. This is that movie. Already, I got a little bit of a headache going on uh-huh. with all that. And then uh, I can't remember the opening shot. Well, it starts with them landing oh, on this like planet. Oh, they're like in cryogenic sleep. Yeah, and so they're like exploring. They're like pioneers. They're they're go into this planet. They're space rangers. They they are kind of like going out before everyone else for space exploration to also try and get rid of potential threats. Yeah. Um and that that's kind of a funny idea to me these days. Uh in what way? What do you mean? That like they're they're invading other planets to like try and clamp down on a potential threat when there's no threat. Oh, I, I, I'm not following you. Keep well, going. Well, just the, the way that, especially at the end of the movie, like he's explaining what a space ranger is, and they find, oh yeah, pot- like literally, like they're the the captain's like, there's a potential threat over here. Go explore it and figure out what's going on. Not to say that they're going out there and like killing, like do, p- performing genocide, but yeah, it, it's just as an as an uh, jaded adult these days, it's like hmm, that's interesting like just leave the planet to be yeah but, but, but as a kid it's like that's so cool yeah and i'm already i'm i know i am thinking way too much about it i know well, that but i think that's the so i'll compare this to cars cars is a series that like you can't think about it because it doesn't make any sense you know who's driving the cars how come cars can be inside other cars? You know, it's like, what is this? It's weird. Well, also, though, I think because this movie's so real, realistic, that's why maybe I think about it when in, like, Toy exactly. Story, it's like, yeah, Zerg is the threat, and they're, to- like, this is all fabricated. Exactly. Which I know, I guess this is fabricated, too, but it's so real. Well, and and so as as kind of weird and mind-numbing as the Cars movies are, they do understand their target audience, uh-huh. which is... 
our nephew at two years old uh-huh. is cars. He's obsessed with cars. That is their target audience. Yeah. This movie has no idea who it's for. And it is like, okay, let's tell this gritty, realistic story that's kind of like Interstellar and kind of like, you know, a couple other sci-fi movies, but it's not really good sci-fi and it's also not a good kids movie. So, so yeah, the whole movie I'm sitting there and I think the other biggest problem this movie makes is there's like no imagination in this movie. What's the craziest thing that happens is these kind of indescript plants come out of the ground and grab people. And there's bugs. And there's bugs. And that's kind of the most imaginative thing. Yeah. And it's like, you're, you're Pixar. Why, why are you trying to make this like a realistic planet that could be visited? Yeah. Why isn't this like the Strange World trailer where there's, you know, like canyons that have legs that are walking around and floating amoebas that change colors? It's like, no, it's just kind of a dark gray movie mm-hmm. where people just walk around and fly a little bit. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. What was the, like, what, I guess my, besides its connection to Lightyear, what is the point of animating this movie? Well, that's kind of how I feel. If you're not going to do anything interesting with animation, I can look at photographs from NASA if I want to see something like this. Yeah. And actually, those look cooler because they're real. Yeah. It's just a, it's all a mismatch. They get to this planet, they're woken up. It's him and Alicia Hawthorne, and there's a rookie. And she she brings the rookie along, and Buzz doesn't like looking at, into the rookie's eyes because they have sad eyes. Uh-huh. They're so desperate. I think that's kind of funny. That was a funny moment, um, yeah. Played by Bill Hader. Played by Bill Hader, yeah. Um, and they they get attacked by vines. They have to get off this planet because it's not safe, right? Uh-huh. Is that why they're getting off the planet? Oh yeah, the vines are like pulling like this the turnip thing like into the planet. Yeah. So. Um, they got to get out of, they got to get the heck out of Dodge. Uh, Um, but it's, but it's established that Buzz doesn't like listening to people. He doesn't work well with people Yeah, and him and Alicia, butt heads a lot, but they're best buds. Yeah. Great. I am just kind of like, I don't know. I've seen it. So they, he, he, they get back on the ship and they're flying out, but he, again, not listening to people thinks that he can do everything damages the ship and they can't leave it yeah and then they're going to be trapped on this planet for basically the rest of time yep and then so now he has to try and perform hyper speed travel and i think i think that they do a good job of explaining time dilation i do i don't think that it's appropriate for a kid's movie yeah i just don't i don't know i just feel like that's too much for a kid's movie yeah, I'd be curious to ask what a kid thinks. Yeah. Um But it's yeah. also but it also is kind of like science is cool. Yeah. And and again, like I think they do a good job of explaining it. It's really I think simple. It, I think it makes sense. It it is just a little like it's just hard for me to sit there like I understand that stories reuse ideas all the time. That's yeah. part of storytelling. But there is a part of me that like when they started explaining time dilation, I'm like, why how come I'm not watching Interstellar right now instead? That is how I feel. Or reading like an Ender's book or something. Like yeah. it, it made me like this is like a not very good version of those things. So yeah. I, I'd rather just watch the thing that's really good. Yeah. And 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 it this whole story just feels like it's like 15 years too late. Because all of these sci-fi ideas have been explored on the screen before yeah i know it's hard too because it's like that you know this is not a toy story movie 
<laughs> no. But it is because it is Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. But none of it is about the the Buzz Lightyear that we know. So it just feels like this doesn't feel like the right movie. Yeah. You know, it just feels off the whole time. Well, and and one thing that I thought was weird and and I almost think it's too like nerdy and in the weeds, but I think this movie demands that you think that because it's so serious. Yeah. But like this whole movie he's doing a star command where he's he's narrating and he's doing basically the joke that <laughs> that the buzz we know in Toy Story does where he thinks he's contacting Star Command and then it's like dude what are you doing mm-hmm. that's just a sticker mm-hmm. so this buzz is doing the same thing and he they they make it clear in the first scene Hawthorne is like oh you're doing that narrating thing again and he's like uh it helps me think and they they don't make it clear that he's actually making recordings or anything like that he's just talking to himself and i just thought Pixar is just so thoughtful. Why did they not think through that that means that the Tim Allen buzz is not think like he is just being true to the the movie version instead of thinking he is actually in the movie. You know what I'm saying? That yeah, I think it's so. It's a subtle distinction, but I think it's like what? Yeah. It, it, it's it's confounding. This movie's very confounding. Yeah. And it's it's aggravating. But since it is so disconnected from Toy Story, it actually is like, I, I'm going to forget about this movie in a week. Yes. And I'll still remember Toy Story 1 through 4, and that's fine. Yeah. I, I don't have to even remember that Lightyear exists. Yeah. I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah. You know, so who cares? Yeah. But then he attempts to do hyperspace, go into hyperspace, and he... When he does it, he fails. Um, I do like those rings that are like breaks uh-huh. that he goes through. That's cool. cool. Um, and it's four years every time he does this test because of time dilation. Yeah. So he gets back and Alicia is a little bit older. Because they're, they are trapped on this planet, she met her future wife. Yeah. And then um, he... So he misses out on so much. Like every time he comes back, it's a little bit more of a developed city. Yeah. Because they've they're settling here. And then he is given this cat, uh this robot cat that's supposed to help him like acclimate to everything that's going on cuz every time he comes back so much has changed. How does he process it? The cat's supposed to help him with that. Yeah. And it's something, you know, it's like you get to take care of the cat, it helps you take care of your, yourself. Yeah. Um and the cat is the best character. <laughs> Easy. Um and then so yeah, he does this like several times. He comes back. Alicia's married now. Comes back. Alicia is pregnant. Comes back. Uh, Alicia and uh, their their grandparents now. Yeah. Like it's just he's doing it so many times, and I think it's been like a week his time. Yeah. That he's experienced, and. But it's uh, been like four. It's been over forty years. I think like sixty years. I think 60. they say like 62 oh, yeah, or something. Yeah, it takes Sox 62 years to solve the equation. Yes. And then when he does it and it works, it, that took 22 years, that one mission. Yeah. Because uh, I guess he just traveled faster through through like light speed. Yeah. Um, And so Alicia's dead. And... She never stopped believing in him, though. But now that she's dead, no one really cares what he's trying to do anymore. So 
It doesn't matter that he cracked it. Uh-huh. They've settled here. They've made do. They now have this. They're making this dome that's going to protect them from the elements of this planet. And they're going to be fine. Yeah. A laser dome. A laser dome. And so in this whole thing, there was this montage that kept showing him like seeing Hawthorne getting older. Yeah. And this is when I knew I wasn't going to like the movie. Because I was like, this is classic Pixar stuff that that I should be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Yeah. Like, this is up kind of thing going on here. And I, I didn't really feel any emotion that whole time. Me neither. And that, that was when I knew, oh, this movie doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so a great summary, by the way, Jordan. Thank you. He He makes it back and... Yeah, now the planet is taken over by these robots. Well, it's not taken... Well, yeah, I guess so. They're trying to infiltrate like the city, though. Yeah. And Buzz is like, I'm going to do the mission again. Oh, sorry, you're right. He comes That's he comes back. It's been 22 years. The robots have taken over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so then he's, like, captured by Hawthorne's granddaughter. Not captured, but rescued by... Izzy. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were asking a question. Is he? No. <laughs> no. Uh, is he? And she's with this band of misfits. I like the band of misfits. Yes. Um, again, like everything in this movie, though, it's like there's nothing that really distinguishes them from any other band of misfits. Yeah, it's not quite unique enough for me, so it doesn't make it, like, I don't know. Didn't, just didn't find the movie very funny at I times. Mean, I think the most unique thing about the band of misfits is Taika Waititi's voice, which is his voice that he well, was born with. You I, know what I mean? I do like the Grady character that I actually never was sure if it was a man or a woman. Um, Cause I feel like they said he at one point, but it sounded like an old lady. Okay. Not like it really matters, but that, I like that that character was like a convict and was on parole. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't know. It was fine. I mean, again, Sox is killing it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure once this movie reaches Disney Plus, there will be someone on YouTube that puts together like every scene with Sox. <laughs> so you can just watch like 15 minutes of Sox. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, really, Sox does kind of take the pain of this movie away. Yeah. Um, Sox does for Buzz. Sox does for us what he also does for Buzz. Helps him cope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Helps us cope. Um, yeah, it, it's it's funny, though. I, I mean, I think they were trying... It's just a misestimation, but I think they were trying really hard to, you know, really set this apart from Toy Story. And it is funny. I like socks and everything. But you, you would almost think that they would try to have, like, the green aliens in this or something. Like, like... Oh, yeah. Or, is that or, from his his? Is that like part of his uh, toy franchise? I don't think it is actually. Yeah. But but you would think that they would just take or or like. Were there any green aliens in this movie at all? No, because isn't that like a Pixar thing? There no, any, was no, there any it's, ball? it's the it's the ball and it's the a uh, a third the oh yeah, yeah one yeah. one two three or whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember what which the I'm sure thing that wasn't it, but I don't remember seeing a and ball. the and the Pizza Planet truck is in all the movies too. Yeah, which um, is probably in it. But yeah, I I like. Even when I know about them, I can like never find. I know, those I know, I know. So yeah. I just am like, I'm sure it's in there. Yeah, uh, that they, they put. I them just in thought there. the aliens were always in there too, but they're not. No, okay, no. Um, but yeah, it just feels like, and I, you know, on the one hand, I respect that they're not trying to just like pander to the audience, but also it's a cash grab. So it's like, 
you know what? Pander to me. A little bit, yeah. Give me the aliens. Yeah. Or, or something. Um, but I, I mean, I still think there's a version of this movie, although I don't know how you could crack it because I still think it wouldn't really work, but there is a version of this movie. You get Tim Allen and you tell this whole story and then at the end of the movie, it's Bonnie and she was playing with toys the whole time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that would have been better, but then at the same time, that that's just like the opening of Toy Story 3. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, so why? Ma- what would be the purpose of making it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a little confounding. So th- they get together, and they're weekend warriors. They they they, they go, like do the military on the weekend. They're not. It's kind of just trained. like a a life lessons camp. Yeah, if they're not like real soldiers or anything. Um, but be- when the whole dome thing happened, and when the robots came, they were kind of trapped out here. Yeah. Um, but they're like, we have a plan. We're gonna go up to that to that ship and take it all down. Yeah. And Buzz is like, great, let's do it. He's totally on board with it, but quickly realizes that they're they don't know anything. Um, because one of the Zerg robots shows up and is taking Buzz away, and none of them can do anything to save him, pretty much. Yeah. What <laughs> what did you think? This is jumping ahead, but what did you think of the explanation of why the they're called Zerg, and he's called Zerg. Dom, who cares? <laughs> so a lot of the sound stuff was good in that movie, though. You know what's funny is I actually thought the exact opposite. Really? I, I took oh, note I, of it. I liked it. I liked I, some of it. I, I just kind of felt like it was, um, it was very... It all sounded like it was just manipulated Star Wars sound effects to me. Micah. It's a sci-fi movie. Why wouldn't it be? No, I know, but I've seen I've seen Interstellar, and those that didn't remind me of Star Wars. Okay. Y- you know, I, I it just it literally felt. We to already me, covered Star Wars. We can't talk about no, it anymore. No, no, it just felt like they went to the Lucasfilm uh, sound library, and they were just like, okay, just pitch it down. Well, they do own it now, so I know, I know. It just it didn't feel. It just didn't. None of this movie felt inventive in the way that a Pixar movie feels. Yeah, to me. and I'm bored talking about it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> but I'm glad you enjoyed the sound design. Yeah, thank you. It's the little things. Well, yeah, I did think that a joke that worked really well is when they get the sandwiches. Okay. And they're meat. So in their world, they put bread in between two slices of meat. Yeah. And then Buzz is like, what's wrong with the sandwich? Where's the other piece of bread? And they all are like, what? Mm-hmm. If you did, if you had too much bread, you'd have no like juice. It'd mm-hmm. be all dry. And they laugh at him and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's funny. Mm-hmm. I like meat sandwich jokes. Okay. They were, they were in, in all the right ways, they were kind of gross to look at, uh-huh. the sandwiches. I know, because whenever they picked it up off like a table, there was like a grease spot. Oh, yeah. And I could like feel it on my oh, fingers. Oh, gosh. It was gross. Yeah. I liked I uh, yeah. Limp. That was uh, socks. Number one with a bullet. Number two meat, meat sandwiches. sandwiches. <laughs> number three when he does enter hyperspace. I was like, cool. It's two thousand one, but it's animated. That's fun. Oh yeah. Um, but Whatever. it is like they didn't really do anything different. It's just the two thousand one sequence. Yeah. <laughs> the animation wise, I do have to give them credit though for something that they did. And the reflections on the helmets did blow my mind. Oh, I didn't really clock it, but uh, it is. But the thing is, is like 
Pixar is so good with animation. I take it all for granted. Yeah. The animation was not bad by any stretch oh, of no, the imagination no, 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 no. because we saw trailers for that Super Pets movie and the animation looks like it's from 2010. Yeah. Like it looks so bad. So, I mean, I know. 2010 that- called They Want Their Animation Back. <laughs> okay. But the, the animation still looked good, but Pixar just usually pushes it. Yeah. And I did not feel that at all. No. None of it felt like a, an artistic risk was being taken. Well, and one of the biggest, the other biggest problem with this movie is no giant pandas. Yeah. No girls turning into giant pandas, which yeah. is a huge mistake. Yeah. And then no mother turning into huge panda. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a huge mistake on their part. Yeah. It, it was right there. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. <laughs> um. Yeah. So they 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 basically are like trying to do this thing, and and all of this kind of meshes together. Um, but they, they, it's it's boring because they go to the okay. So there's a dark side of the planet. Okay, uh, that, it's just blue and gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it, they go it, to this. Mind- I actually didn't clock that it was the dark side because it looked the same as the other side. Yeah. So then they also go to what's funny is there was vegetation on that planet because uh-huh. of like the vines and there were some trees and stuff, but like they always stayed in like the Mars part. Yeah. Whatever. And and uh, I I gotta give you credit. When the trailers for this movie came out, you were like, it doesn't look very exciting aesthetically. And I was like, you got to trust him, Jordan. The one thing that this movie will accomplish, if nothing else, is it will be exciting to look at. Come on. And I was and like, yeah, you're right. Jordan, you were correct from yeah. the get-go. I yeah. give you points. Thank you. Uh, But, yeah, so then they're in this mining facility. And also just that I don't care. It's like, yeah, that's uh, sci-fi, I guess. Yeah. Um, everything's made of metal. Um, yeah, it just was not imaginative. They get what they need. Berserk shows up. They are trying to get away. They're fighting some robots and then Zerk takes Buzz up. They beam themselves up. Yeah. And, um, it is, it is funny. I saw someone I follow on, um, Letterboxd. Their review of this movie was, this is a great example of why a movie should have a second act. And it is kind of funny because the second act of this movie is just kind of enough. They're just kind of like wandering around and then like Zerg shows up and takes them. Yeah, so it is very much like nothing is working, like none of their plans. Yeah. And at a point, it's pretty frustrating as a viewer. Yeah. Where like nothing is working. Like I know <laughs> all the characters have something to learn, but they're not they're not learning anything. And this yeah, part and of you're the like, movie? let's yeah, let's get this. It feels going. like nothing's happening. Yeah, and then then of course it also feels like nothing matters that they're doing. It, yeah, and and it's just strange because Pixar, we know, I mean, remember Toy Story two? They scrapped the entire movie nine months before it was released, uh-huh. and they started over. Uh huh. So to see, and it's I think my favorite one. It's the best Toy Story. Yeah, movie. Uh, Toy Story two. If I didn't say that, um, but uh. This movie is just kind of like there's so many steps along the way that that like the the Pixar I know and how they develop stories and they keep on just like chiseling and chiseling and throwing stuff out. It's it's confusing that that they they were they kept like this is the draft they landed on. Uh huh. Because you would think that someone would just be like this whole middle section is kind of boring. Uh huh. I, I it's just confusing to me that that happened. I know the whole thing the whole movie is it but, raining uh i i can't it doesn't look like it from my view I feel like i'm hearing things you probably are Ooh. so they get on the zerg ship 
Buzz finds out that Zerg is him from the future. And then they half-ass explain how it's possible. And it doesn't work because it would imply that Buzz made those decisions creating him. But they never clarify that this is like multidimensional. So it doesn't make any sense. And I guess there's a post-credit scene where Zerg survives. So I think they were thinking they're going to make a second movie. <laughs> they're definitely not now. Yeah. No Sorry, way. Andy. Th- you're not getting a franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, okay, maybe maybe I am, like, stupid. So well. tell me <laughs> if, if, if I am getting this wrong. But so they get onto this platform and... Nine and three quarters. Hawthorne is doing some business trying to get stuff done. Buzz is trying to get the fuel cell back and blow up the ship. And uh, after he's like, no, I'm not really like you. They do have this moment where he's like with him. And then, and then he says, we're going to go back in time and we're going to make sure none of this happened. And then Buzz is like, yeah, but then Hawthorne will have never met her wife. And then all that. And then these people wouldn't exist. But also, also, he so like this future buzz is like i found this ship that they're currently on and he just commandeers it whose ship is this remember he said he like found the ship did he say that and there's like like when he looks at the control board it's like in another like alien language i don't get that part yeah yeah i i did not even register that i was just I had to just it's say... It's not like... He, he didn't, like, make this ship or, like, earn it. He didn't? I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. That's that's so lazy. I don't get it. So all of that, and then and then our buzz is like, uh, you know, hey, no, we gotta we gotta account for the time. It, it reminded me of that, that scene in Endgame when he's like... When Iron Man says, no, we can only go back if we don't lose what we've gained in these five years. It's that yeah. idea, which again, I'm like, there's a better version of this exact story sitting yeah. right there. And then there's also back to the, like, I could be watching all these other time travel movies that are yeah. better. Um, so that's happening. And then Taika and the convict, I could not figure out what they were doing. They were trying to create an explosive, which they did, but then like unscrew that thing up top so that it would explode the thing. Yeah, pretty weird. No, it, so so because I'm sure none of you watched the movie. The Zerg bots are coming toward them in a hallway, and there's a countdown. The ship is going to explode, and then the convict creates a bomb. And Taika's like, "What are you? What are you doing? Okay, I created this bomb so that it will blow up these robots that are that are about to get us." And then Taika goes, "Well, what if they don't step on it?" And then they go up into the vents above it and they spend like five, ten minutes of this movie unscrewing this like air conditioning unit or something so that it will fall and blow up. And then when they get close, it's not falling. So Taika like presses the button that creates a balloon on his space suit and then it makes the bomb explode. And then they, they get up, and then they run back to the platform, and then they leave with everybody. And I was like, so their mission was... I, Didn't matter. I, what were they doing? What? Uh, they were trying to make sure to get the door closed, I think. Is that what they were doing? I, I think something like that. 
And and I'm thinking if all if all he had to do was blow up this bubble like I guess the bomb doesn't really affect them so why didn't they just step on it or something like <laughs> I just didn't I, I I was confounded by that sequence yeah, it doesn't make sense. or why didn't they just take the bomb and throw it at him or something and they're just walking down that hallway and you can see their shadows for like five minutes they're just yeah. like yeah. zerg zerg and um oh and we didn't mention it I just asked if Jordan liked it but the robots uh call Buzz Lightyear, old Buzz Lightyear, Zerg, because he says, you like how they just don't know how to pronounce my name, so they call me Zerg, and it's stuck? Yep. Huh? Yep. And then... These robots that he didn't create and follow him for some reason. Yeah, and then they all escape, and... Chris Evans' buzz, like, flies around with the fuel cell, and he's trying to save everybody. Is he going through space was stressful. Yeah, yeah. That will always be stressful to me, that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah he, he's he got the, the... So throughout this movie, it's like, how come he doesn't have the wings yet? Yeah. It better be a cool reveal if they haven't shown us yet. And it was a cool reveal. It was a cool reveal. Um, And he... He uses the eject... And yeah. then it gives him the wings and he's able to power pack around. Yeah. And he's like trying to get the help his friends to land safely. That was the whole thing. They land safely. He blows up the fuel cell to, to get Zerg yeah. away from him. Yeah. And then he lands and he's able to like start his own crew. Space Rangers. And and so there there's no implication at the end of this that they're all gonna go home, right? I don't think so. Okay. But I think I think they could someday. Uh cuz he like destroyed all all of Sox's work. So yeah. it's it would take like probably, you know, another 60 years to do it again. But Okay. I, I think I think the whole point though that he, his character needed to accept that this was it. Yeah, I was just making sure that they didn't like take that back because when he blew up no. the the f- fuel cell, I was like that's their last hope. No, so, I I think he accepted okay, his good. fate. I do think they could have like made it more of a moment so that yeah. it like gut punched you that he yeah. accepts like I did fail these people, but good things have come from my failure. Yeah, and it's not a it's not all about him. Yeah. But it it doesn't really do that. Yeah. Um it is implied though. Yeah. He creates a team of space rangers and then they have the actual spacesuits that Tim Allen Buzz looks like. Mm-hmm. So I think that was something that was bugging me the whole movie. Me too. Where I was thinking, and that's something like, I also said, yeah, when I saw the trailers, was I just don't feel like I see him in that suit very much. And if he's not in that suit very much in the movie, why did they make a toy? Exactly, exactly. And so it's like, so this toy was based on the last suit in the movie. Well, that they're he kind never of wears. wearing that suit. I know it's earlier, just, but I I know what you mean. It's weird. Yeah, it's. It was really bad, guys. Which is which is really a bummer. I, I yeah. never want to dislike a Pixar movie, but But I'm never watching that again. Oh, no. Um I think we did it. I think so. How short is this episode? It's it's nice and short. It's okay. nice and short. I mean, this is like old school Macaw Podcast universe. We get in, we talk about it, we get out. Yeah. But sometimes that's that's what you got to do, especially when a movie tests you like this. Instead of watching this movie, uh, 
I would encourage people to watch PK that's currently on Netflix. <laughs> Micah and I are are uh Journey through Bollywood continues. Bollywood and Tollywood. And Tollywood. Yeah. And we watched PK, which is in Amir. I can't remember his last name. Amir Khan. Amir Khan, which he is Mr. Bollywood. Um, and it is a very strangely charming movie. Yeah. And it was fun. And I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, too. Of the, of Didn't the, really make sense, but it was great. <laughs> of the five... Uh, like Indian movies we've watched recently, that was my least favorite. But it was still pretty wonderful. Yeah. I'm all about RRR, and then if you like RRR, you got to watch the Bahubali movies, Mm -hmm. one and two, which freaking rule. And Mm -hmm. the second one... And I think about often. Yeah, the second Bahubali movie was, as far as like characters and themes, I was like, this freaking rules. Yeah. And then Three Idiots was crazy. It was crazy cuckoo bananas it really was um it's cool though because it it seems like something we've been noticing and of course we are in no way experts because we've watched five indian movies but it seems like a lot of their movies are just really long all everyone that we've seen has your main present day whatever is happening story yeah but like 30 to an hour in you there's a a flashback and like that's the real movie is the flashback yeah and that flashback will be like at least an hour long yeah and then by the last 30 minutes you get back to the present day what's happening and your mind is blown at the connection at the connections and like why people are the the way that they are and then they finish whatever they need to finish and you're like tearing up over it yeah crazy and there, there's this weird, like, earnestness that it just isn't in American movies. Yeah. Um, and, and I think what's what's cool is, I mean, some of these movies, there is stuff in it that we laugh at. Yeah. At, not with, that happens. Not RRR. RRR is just a 100% yeah. banger. But there is stuff that's like, why did they decide to do that shot? It's crazy. Or this this guy is acting so weird. But I think because the movies are so long and they're so... Uh, decided in their tone yeah that 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 at a about an hour into it um well even before i get hooked but like an hour into it, you are so invested in what's happening that no matter how cheesy it is or weird you're kind of like i am along for the ride that's the world that they created well, and i'm if, in if it if anything of the movies that we have seen the the director whatever like they know what they're doing absolutely and and some of these like it has really made me uh I again it's only 5 and we're we're sounding like crazy but uh it it has made me sad that because of America uh just like western society there's such an emphasis on like science and reason and there's such an emphasis on like things need to be realistic case in point lightyear a mm-hmm. cartoon movie needs to be realistic mm-hmm. And I, I long for a day when a when an American filmmaker can make a a Marvel movie. I will say a Marvel movie that is bombastic, like a Thor movie is bombastic, crazy, and doesn't have him turn to the camera and be like, "Man, this hammer sure makes my butt look big," or some mm-hmm. some stupid thing that's like, "Yeah, we all know this is stupid that Thor is dumb." It's like, actually, Thor's pretty cool he doesn't have to wink at the camera all the time Mm -hmm. 
And uh, like I, it's great for Guardians. Mm-hmm. Guardians got to wink. But some of the we don't need every Marvel or every superhero to wink. Sometimes they can be like, "Hey, you know what? I'm Superman, and I stand for the the truth and the American way, and I am justice." And he can be earnest. Mm-hmm. I, I, I long for the day when earnestness comes back into American cinemas. You know, I do feel like DC is a lot more earnest than Marvel. They are. Uh, I think you're right, I, actually. I never really realized until now, and I am finding myself appreciate it. But they also, time and time again, mistake the earnestness for gritty realism. You absolutely just took a nail and put it in the coffin <laughs> of the DC universe. Because you're right. Yeah. Because Zack Snyder is a very earnest he filmmaker. He really is. Because 300 is pretty earnest, too. You know what? Uh, Yeah, I guess Zack Snyder is doing that. So I got to give him credit. I don't think he's doing a good job. No, but but that is what I asked for. Yeah. And, you know, if anything, his movies that he has directed in in the DC movie, they are much the same way that a lot of these Indian movies that we're watching. It is like he knows what tone he is doing. He knows what story he's telling. It just happens to be boring most of the time. Exactly. But it is like you watch the Justice League Snyder cut and you're like, this is an artist who is making a vision. I don't like the vision. I'm bored of this vision. (laughs) I don't need to see Ezra in any movie ever again. But, you know. You're obsessed. Zack Snyder? No, Ezra Miller. It's it's just so fascinating what's happening right now. But I do feel very bad. Yeah. You're just you got your finger on the pulse. Yeah. Uh are we gonna end on that note? <laughs> just uh maybe just rewatch a Toy Story movie instead of watching this movie. And watch RRR, Bahu Bali one the beginning, Bahu Bali two the conclusion, three idiots, and um PK. PK. And we're gonna watch like Stars on Earth soon. And all these what? movies are on Netflix. That's one with the kid? Yeah. I thought we were watching the cricket one. Oh, and we got to watch the cricket one, yeah. But we do need to watch another movie by the director who did RRR, or another movie with one of those actors. Yeah, that's true. Because I want to see those guys and yeah. some more stuff. It, it's a whole new... This is what I love, is when, when there's like a whole section of the world that you and I have not watched movies from that section, and then you start watching them, and it's like, it's truly like a different style of storytelling. Well, that that is like... The most the before that it was like Bong Joon Ho, yeah, and and we were watching a lot of and South Kore- Korean Korean movies, movies, yeah, and like really really enjoying all of that. And it's like this year we're watching a lot of Indian movies. Yeah, next year who knows? We might have to head back to Japan soon because yeah. I think I need to drive my car again and watch some Studio Ghibli. Yeah, feeling that need soon. Yeah, but thanks for listening, everyone. Next uh, year. No, next week we will be covering uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, yes. and I got I got high hopes. Even though I just said that jokey stuff about Thor, I'm, I know, but I'm they very got, excited. They got Mister Bale, and he looks like machinist level weird. <laughs> and we saw a new trailer, and there's ginormous goats. And yeah. I thought this is what I want out of a Thor movie. I want to see goats that are huge. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see you next week. Sign up for our Patreon, please. Only three, please. Let's. Can we get to fifty, please? Please, please. I'm literally on my knees. Please. See ya.